What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast to be named later. I'm Chris Willis, and I'm joined by my friend Stephen Talbert. Stephen, pitchers and catchers report next week, and I don't think I've ever been as ready as for baseball to be back. Uh, but how are you doing tonight? I'm well, buddy. It's good to be back on with you. Yeah, we're getting so close. We're we are finally in the month where spring training will begin, which means we are only one month away from when the regular season will begin. And that's kind of how I view it is, is if we're in the month or we're in the month that's next to the month, then I get happier and happier and happier. So we are, we're getting close. Yeah. We've got a good show lined up for this week. And uh, so, you know, let's, let's just jump right into it. Uh, There's a little bit of news uh, left over from uh, last week. I think, yeah, it was last weekend actually when the news broke, but Max Freed was the Braves only arbitration eligible player to go to a trial. And that took place last Friday. I believe the result came out Saturday. Freed lost his case to the Braves, but will still make 13 and a half million this year instead of the 15 million that he had requested to kind of put this in perspective. uh, Freed made six point eight million last year he won his arbitration case last year it's kind of weird because i mean he had a career best season in a lot of ways to see him lose this year and win last year you know i don't i don't know how we get into that but you know you and i talked about this earlier in this offseason there was a lot of overreaction out there after this news came out you know i mean it's just one of those deals where fancy player player and and team go to arbitration and they think you know this sours the relationship but you know i don't really feel that way and and in freed's case here you know i mean he nearly doubled his salary uh year over year so yeah technically he lost but you know he still came out pretty well i think yeah it's always it's always odd when you have to you know essentially these arbitration cases are you the team has to go in and kind of talk about why max free doesn't deserve X amount of money. And, you know, that is definitely when you hear about that as a fan, that's definitely not something you want to have happen. But I tweeted this. I know we've talked about this. I don't know how many years in a row now, but every single guy on the roster understands the process of Major League Baseball contracts. And every single guy, unless they immediately signed a long term deal at some point, probably went through an arbitration process. And guys get it. Guys understand. And, you know, we've used this example, I don't know how many times now, but, you know, Austin Riley last May lost his arbitration case, and then two months later signed a 10-year extension. The idea that these arbitration cases just end the relationship between team and player is just not true, and it's it's especially not true for Max because, like you said, he was going to come out on top either way here. I mean, he was the the money that the team filed for was already more than what his uh, arbitration projection was, and so there was no real losing here for Max. Technically, he lost the, the hearing, 
Um, but he was going to win either way because he's now making $13.5 million. Last year he was making like six, so he he's doing just fine. I guarantee you he's not sour or sore or anything about it. I mean, he he he's a smart guy. He's the Braves union rep. He knows better than anybody the process, and this is the process that's been collectively bargained by the players and the owners. So that they just they're professionals. They they get how this works. So every year it seems like fans overreact to this stuff, and every year it it kind of shows how much it doesn't matter because a lot of the time just like with Riley last year there's you know there's long-term deals that are still worked out and there's a long-term relationship that can very much still happen here the arbitration case doesn't really change anything yeah and I mean it's it's important to remember that arbitration benefits the players more than it benefits the team that gets lost you know I had I had a discussion the other day with somebody that was talking about how the arbitration process suppresses salaries and I don't agree with that that take. I think it's the opposite, actually, because you, you I mean, if you give the teams the option right now, they'd gladly take six uh, guys on six year before free agency with no arbitration. I mean, guys pre during their pre arb uh, years are going to make less than a million dollars. I'm sure those hearings can be uncomfortable, you know, uh, for everybody involved, and especially and probably contentious at times. But we've got no reason to believe that the Braves and Freed have a strained relationship. And, you know, I mean, I said it, uh, I don't remember how many weeks ago it was, but I can't imagine things going bad enough to where the Braves would even think about trading Max Freed. I know that was the, that rumor was out there. I didn't get put much credence in the rumor. You can tell when we put credence in the rumor because it'll go up on the site that that the idea of trading Max Freed never went up on the site and not at Battery Pyre. So, you know, it's it's just one of those things. I just don't see how you could trade Max Freed at the trade deadline and then walk into that clubhouse and say, hey, guys, we're still trying to win the World Series. I don't think you can. You know, I mean, you didn't trade Dansby Swanson. You didn't trade Freddie Freeman. You know, and nobody even suggested it. So I don't really understand what the difference is. That doesn't necessarily mean that I believe that they're going to sign Max Freed to a long-term extension. I'd like to see it. But I think there's reasons, you know, that that they that may not happen. And, uh, you know, you don't have to look further, any further than uh, situations with Freddie Freeman and Swanson to understand why. But uh, that's that's pretty it's pretty weird. I mean, could you I mean, how bad would things have to get before they would entertain the idea of trading Max Freed? I don't think I mean, they would have to be 10 plus games behind whoever's leading the division at the all-star break or at the trade deadline and even then I don't think they would do it because they know they've got a whole nother year of team control so I don't think there's a scenario I mean unless like something you know like Max requested a trade maybe that would maybe the only way I could see it but I can't see him doing I I really can't see until next year when you know if they don't have him locked up then they're going to lose him at the end of the year but until they get to that point I can't see a scenario where they do it even then, it's hard to fathom that they would trade Max. And I get the logic of it, of course, that if you don't think you can sign him, then you got to get something for him. But for some reason, in that line of thinking, the idea that him pitching for you for a whole another 18 months is never considered weighed against the, the prospects that you could get him. They're always, you know, fans are always talking about how if you if you don't trade him, then you lose him for nothing. Well, you don't lose him for nothing. You got another 18 months of pitching out of him. And considering you're trying to win a world series that's not nothing and so yeah i don't know i know where the max free trade stuff came from it just came from an off season where the braves didn't do a lot and and there was too much free time on a lot of people's hands and they just you know they've sat around thinking about nonsense but i 
I don't think the the question a lot more to me is are they going to sign him to an extension more than are they going to trade him? There, I don't, I just can't fathom a scenario where they would trade him. Quite honestly, so it's going to be one of two things. Just like Freddie and Dansby, it's going to be that either they're going to sign him to an extension or they're going to pitch him out throughout the rest of his contract and he'll leave via free agency. And that's I think those are the only two outcomes that you're going to see. And you don't trade your ace in your in your World Series contention window. And Alex is a very smart man and. Um, he's not going to do something stupid. So, yeah, the only two outcomes are extension or just like Dan's being Freddie, he walks in free agency. I get where it's coming from, and I mean, a lot of people point at the Tampa Bay Rays, but, you know, the Braves aren't the Rays, and, and it's a different it's a different situation all the way around, you know, where Atlanta's payroll's at now. I mean, we had these discussions back in 2021, and there was a lot more merit to it. You know, it was mostly around Charlie Morton. You know, the Braves were yep. Braves appeared to be dead in the water coming out of, off the Cunha injury. Uh, Ian Anderson uh, had a shoulder injury coming out of the All Star break, and you know, obviously, it's not going to work out the same way every single time. But and if this team, you know, if this team wasn't trying to win a World Series, if they weren't coming off a recent World Series, then I could probably get behind it a little bit more. Uh, but it's just different, you know. You're not rebuilding anymore. You're not in the middle of the pack anymore. I just think, you know, I just don't see it. I don't. I don't see how they. I don't see how they could even entertain the thought. And I don't believe. I don't believe they have. Maybe they. You know. That maybe those uh, those conversations probably go on for everybody at, at times. But I don't think. I just don't think the Braves would ever seriously consider trading Max Freed, especially like you said, because they've got him. He's under contract again next year. Yes, the price is going to yeah. go down every single day, but still, he's the ace of your staff. And I mean, until Spencer Strider takes that mantle from him, and there's no reason, you know, there's no reason to expect that Freed's going to drop off. Uh, to me, right now, you know, he's still one of the most important pieces of that of that rotation because he's the proven guy. He's the guy that you count on. I just, I like I said, it, it, the talks out there. You know, I know he wasn't at Braves Fest. He wasn't the only one that was uh, wasn't at Braves Fest. But you know, his his absence obviously, you know, got got pointed out. So I don't see it though. But uh, you know, until I guess it's still going to be a talking point right up until the until he throws his last pitch for the Braves and leaves in free agency. And the only, the only other thing I'll say about it is, if you did trade him, let's just let's just play out the scenario, right? You trade him. Well, Max is making thirteen million dollars next year and can put up a five win season. Where are you going to get five wins to replace him on the roster for thirteen million dollars, right? I mean, where where is that available? You know, if you trade him, then you're trading him for prospects because no team that's going to trade for Max is also going to give you part of their major league team because if they're trading for Max that means they're trying to win and so they're going to give you prospects. And so where are you going to get 5 wins for 13 million dollars on the market if you trade him? Where where are you going to replace that because you're trying to win a World Series next year too. I mean the Braves are in the middle of the window even if this year goes poorly that doesn't change the plan for 2024. They're still going to try to win and so they need to add talent and even if Max salary gets bumped up to 20 million next year or 22 or whatever it is in our next year where are you going to get five wins? You know, it's not, it's it's an almost impossible to replace your ace when they're under team control because the amount of money that you're paying them is the, um, an amount of money that you're never going to be, be able to recreate in the open market or on the trade market. Can you imagine having to trade for a guy like Max? I mean, he would cost prospects the Braves don't even have at the, this moment. I mean, and there's no way they'd be able to sign an ace in free agency because those guys go for 30 plus million, 40, you know, some 40 million a year. So, yeah, you just don't do it. And that's why you don't do it, because they're impossible to reacquire for 2024. I guess some of the thinking is probably, 
you know, they're looking at this uh, battle for the fifth spot. And what if Ian Anderson regained his form? What if Mike Soroka regained his form? But, you know, we know this every year. I mean, when you come in, how many times have the Braves come into the season with a, with a starting rotation picture and then exited that season with the same, you know, everything intact? It, it hasn't happened many often. Never. Yeah, I mean, Never. you know, even if – I think to me, if, if Anderson and Soroka force their way into the picture, there's a good chance – that there's going to be an injury, somebody's going to underperform. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questions about Charlie Morton. I know he had a, a, a shortened spring coming off a, a pretty significant injury last year, but you know he wasn't great at all. Kyle Wright was excellent, but he's been he's done it one year. You know, I mean, there's still going to be question marks about him, especially if he gets off to a little bit of slow start. I just think Max to me is still the the given, the one guy that you can pencil in, and you know most days he's going to give you a chance to win. And, uh, you know, that's just, you know, hopefully the Braves have five other guys that that are able to do that this time. But, you know, the reality is it's probably not going to work out that way. And uh, this, you know, this pitching staff looks way different if you take uh, if you take Freed off of it. Yes, trading him could now especially would probably go a long way to restocked in that farm a little bit but that's just not something you do you know i don't care about the farm system ranking that as much when you're got a team that's capable of winning world series i just don't think it, uh, it matters as much and last year is a perfect example of what you're talking about i mean you remember coming in last year we were talking about the braves had three really reliable starting pitchers and freed morton and and, and uh, ian anderson and then they had two spots open that they needed somebody to step up and that was the narrative all throughout spring and all throughout the beginning of the season. And by the end of the year, the three best pitchers on the team were Max Freed, Spencer Strider, and Kyle Wright. And Morton and Anderson were, uh, you know, Morton was four and Anderson was probably seven or eight by that point. What you think you know in spring and what ends up being the case in October is just so different uh, with the rotation. The rotation the rotation is just, pitching in general is just so volatile and it's, it changes so quickly. So, yeah. Either Kyle Wright's going to have a down year, Strider's going to take a step back, you know, some other guy in the in the farm is going to have a, a big year, you know, Ian Anderson might bounce back, Charlie Morton, Morton might have a down, you know, there's a million different permutations of this that how it could play out. So yeah, you, you but you need your you need your constant, you need your consistent guy, and that's what Max has been for the last few years, and so he's the most important piece in the in the rotation, and I don't think it's even close. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Braves pitchers and catchers report February 15th to Northport. Position players are due to report on February 20th, but many will be in place by the 15th. You know, I know I've already seen some pictures of some guys already down there working out. First full squad workout will take place on February 21st. Grapefruit league opener is on february 25th so i mean it's here baseball see you know in the 2023 season is basically here the braves uh released a, a list of non-roster invites i think it was last week we didn't get a chance to talk about them but there's some intriguing names on here there's some veterans on here you know that i think depending on what happens they've got a chance to make the club 
and uh, it's going to be interesting to watch it play out. You know, that's one thing I always enjoy about spring training is some of these obscure guys in, in the thing. But uh, and then we didn't really it didn't last year was so different because there wasn't baseball one day and then it was back the next day. But everything was so rushed. You know, we didn't really get to see you know that stuff play out. You know, all the focus was still on Freddie Freeman, Matt Olson, and you know, it it was just rushed. But uh, a couple of veterans on this crew, Jesse Chavez, obviously is back on a minor league deal uh, with Invite. I, I think he's got a good chance to make the bullpen. We'll talk about that in a later episode because there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts with this bullpen now. A couple of infielders, Ara Adrianza, Adini Hechevarria. Uh, that was a surprising name. Hechevarria uh, has been playing overseas the last couple of years. You might remember he was well, in the stretch run. I think what would that have been? Twenty twenty or twenty nineteen? Twenty twenty? One of those two. Uh, what year? Twenty twenty, probably. Yeah, I had a heck of a bat flip. You know, he uh, he was, of course, the guy that uh, – what was it he said about the Mets? It was pretty funny. <laughs> I'm just happy to be off the Mets. <laughs> yeah, you know, so, you know, he, he's he got a place in a lot of Braves a lot of Braves hearts. And, you know, depending on what happens at shortstop, you know, if Von Grissom wins the opening day job without an injury, it's going to be hard for Adrian or Hechevarria to, to make the club. But let's say Grissom starts in AAA, then one of these guys is probably going to – is probably going to have a chance, and uh, you know I think that's I think that's pretty interesting. And then of course in the outfield, Kevin Pillar's in in camp on a minor league deal. To me, it looks like he's competing with Sam Hilliard. Yeah, uh, I think I think uh, Jordan Luplo, who has got a spot assured, Pillar's kind of competing with Hilliard for that fifth outfielder spot. Eli White's also in that mix a little bit, but he's got options left. So. You know, to me, this really comes down to Pilar and Hilliard. But uh, any of these, and I think it's also it's worth mentioning too. You know, Braves forty man's uh, full right now, but Tyler Matzik and Huascar, you know, are both uh, uh, recovering from Tommy John surgery. They'll go on sixty day injured list as soon as uh, I don't know exactly at some point during the spring. The sixty day will be opened up, so that's going to clear two spots. So if the Braves need it, they can they'll be able to add add guys without even uh, without making a roster move without dropping a guy but you know which of these uh, any of these veterans guys that i mentioned or even somebody that's not on uh, that i didn't mention uh, any of these guys intriguing to you yeah i mean i think pilar you and i were talking about this before but i think pilar has got a really good shot to make the team he's a veteran guy and and obviously losing dansby and freddie the last couple years i do think they're going to value veteran guys a little bit more um, and I think Pilar is somebody who's, he's extremely well respected. I know that around all of major league baseball, he's, he's been around for a while and he's, um, yeah, he's just really, a really respected guy. So I could, you know, unless Sam Hilliard comes out and, and just dominates, you know, he could, I mean, there's a lot of interesting things about Sam Hilliard, but I, I agree with you. I think he is competing with Pilar for that last spot. I think Luplo is just going to be on the team. Um, I don't really think he's going to have to compete. So it's going to come down to those two. And Pilar is a veteran, and that matters to a lot of managers. Um, but Adrianza is always interesting to me just because he doesn't get the same amount of love that Jorge Soler and Jack Peterson get for the, the 2021 World Series run. But he had a massive, massive role on that team, and he had some really big hits in the postseason. And everybody remembers Eddie Rosario's three-run homer that, you know, helped beat the Dodgers. But, you know, it doesn't get to Eddie unless Adrianza hits a double right before that. So, he, you know, he was a really big part of that 2021 team. I love him. I was really hoping they'd bring him back in 2022. Um, so I was happy to see him back this year. 
Um, and he could be important, like you said. If if Vaughn Grissom is going to be in AAA, and we don't know, we don't know what, how spring training is going to go. But if they don't think Vaughn's ready, and and they want, if they want Arcia starting at shortstop, then there's obviously a very good argument for putting Grissom in AAA so he can play every day. And and in that case, you need another infielder. And so you know, Hechevarria and Adrianza both have a pretty interesting. They could definitely make the team if things break their way. And then of course, the ageless Jesse Chavez is always the you know, the funny one, because he throws 87 miles an hour at best, and then, you know, pitches like Greg Maddox for the Braves, so it'll be interesting to see what what happens there, Um, but yeah, NRIs are always interesting, there's usually always one or two that make the club, and so that's why it's, that's why we bring it up and talk about it, because these guys are, you know, some of these guys have a lot of professional experience and can easily make the team, so I would not be surprised if one or probably even two of these guys are on the roster when we get to opening day. Yeah, another guy that's on this list, it's it's a veteran, kind of a veteran that I found interesting. And and uh, we were talking about him in Slack, and we got a few uh, interesting notes on him. But Magnier Sierra, outfielder, is also in this. He he might sound familiar to you. He spent a lot of the years with the Marlins. uh, But he was part of that big uh, San Alcantara, Marcelo Zuna trade back in 2012. But that's not what I'm, I find interesting about Sierra. Uh, you know, he's in the top 3% of the league in sprint speed. He spent six years in the majors, has over 600 plate appearances, and has not barreled a ball yet per baseball savant. <laughs> Barrel percentage is 0.0. He's on a minor league deal. That's amazing. I don't know if he's got an opt-out in this minor league deal, but if he doesn't, he could be this year's Terrence Gore or Billy Hamilton. You know, and I really this I really like stuff like this for spring training. You know, with that kind of speed, I'm assuming that he could probably play all three outfield spots, or at least, you know, center center possibly. You know, I, I would like to see him at Gwinnett. I, I'm hoping he gets there. He spent last season with the Angels, but this is the kind of guy. You know, this is the, with the extra weeks of spring training. People, stories like this is is one of the things I really enjoy. But yeah, how do you have 600 plate appearances and you haven't run into a barrel yet? Uh, that's that's just uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, that was I think it was uh, Ivan that told us that in the in, in Slack. That sounds like an Ivan stat, but that was hysterical. But yeah, so the interesting thing about him is obviously he's a he's a speed guy, and with these new stolen base rules, you know, and everybody having a DH and a potentially an extra bench spot, I bet there's going to be some teams that employ that you know Billy Hamilton, Terrence Gore role like you were talking about. Just, you know, for late in the game, if you're down a run, anybody gets on base, you know, you it's just an automatic, you put that guy in. You know, stealing bases should theoretically be easier this year because uh, there's there's rules governing how you can throw over. The bases are bigger, so the the, the distance between the bases are, are is obviously smaller, so it's, it's going to be easier to steal bags. And, you know, there's going to be teams that employ that strategy where they use that last bench spot for just pure speed. And the Braves have Ozuna and Rosario tied to the roster, so they're not going to probably be able to do that unless they drop one of those guys, which doesn't seem likely at this point. But, you know, if if they got to the point with Ozuna sometime in the middle of the season where he just looked awful and they just decided to cut bait, and, you know, Sierra's down in AAA stealing, you know, 30, 40 bags by that point, I, I could see a scenario where he they, he gets called up and, and just plays that role. You don't, they're gonna, you're not going to typically use that last pinch spot anyway, so... Just having a pure speed guy is actually a pretty interesting concept. I've read some articles this offseason about, you know, different ways teams are going to approach these new rules and the new roster spots and stuff like that. So 
it is definitely interesting, and it, it's a real possibility. They 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 brought him in for a reason, and that's why is because speed is going to play a, a role in in baseball in twenty twenty three that it probably hasn't played in a long time, and and you're going to see a lot of teams employ you know different strategies to try to take advantage of that. Yeah, I don't know how much of a chance he's really got to make it to the uh, you know the roster during the season unless there's an injury or two honestly but I mean he's got a for his career he's got a 546 OPS but on the other hand he's just 26 years old which is amazing yep. to me I mean in a lot of ways cuz he's been around I mean he made his major league debut with the Cardinals in 2017 so yeah so I mean it's interesting it, it, he uh I could see I could see the scenario where he could make a, a postseason roster, just the same way you know we've saw Billy Hamilton and, and Terrence score in the past. You know that to me, he's a, he's an intriguing uh, guy there. There's also a number of prospects. You know the Braves famously their farm system's not ranked real high right now, but there's some intriguing guys that's going to be in here too. And uh, you know I, I thought I listed a few right here, and you may have a couple that I don't have, but like. Blake Burkhalter, second-round pick in 2022. I know there's been talk about the Braves trying him as a starter. He was a closer at Auburn. I think he can move really fast if they give push him back as a reliever. You know, I've seen – I've seen uh, – I know Garrett and our, some of our minor league guys think, you know, he could even be an option this season if he's just operating as a reliever. Dylan Dodd, Jared Schuster are going to be in, in camp on non-roster invites. Uh, Darius Vines, of course, is on the 40-man roster. So all three of those guys will be in camp. They'll all be at um, at AAA, I'm assuming, probably with Bryce Elder and one of Ian Anderson or Mike Soroka. That's not a bad – that's really not a bad rotation for Gwinnett, honestly. Cal Conley, infielder, spent last season between Augusta and Rome, uh, went to the Arizona Fall League. I thought he looked pretty good. Fourth-round pick in 2021. And then Luke Waddell out of Georgia Tech, fifth-rounder in 2022. He didn't play but 41 games because of an injury last year. Not much pop, but that's a versatile guy, and you know he just looks like a major leaguer. Always has. He is that guy that can play anywhere and kind of just hangs around on a bench, you know, somewhere or something. So, you know, some intriguing guys. Not not the big name prospects that we've seen in the past, but you know, I'm in really interested to see what Schuster and and Dodd look like, along with Burkhalter. Yeah, Burkhalter is the guy that I was probably most focused on, just because I like you. I thought he has a real chance to contribute out of the bullpen this year if they end up needing, you know, some reinforcements and every every team needs reinforcements at some point in the bullpen. So I think that's an interesting guy. Another guy that's really lost a lot of shine, but I'm still kind of hanging on to is um, Braden Shoemake, who was the Braves, I think, second round pick a few years ago um, out of Texas A&M. But he's a shortstop. He really hasn't hit much at all, um, especially for any kind of power. He's had trouble staying healthy, but he is a shortstop. And like we have already stated a million times on this show, this this winter, shortstop is a position in flux. If you can play shortstop, then that means you could probably play third and second. And, and so you can kind of be a quasi-utility guy just because you can play short. And if these other infield guys don't look good, you know, and he comes out and has a really good spring, he's already on the 40-man. They put him on the 40-man in the winter, which was a little bit of a surprise to some of us. Uh, but they obviously still see something in him where that he was worth a 40-man spot. So I'm I'm still not done giving up on, or I'm not ready to give up on Braden Shoemaker just yet. And um, he does have some skills. He's got some bat-to-ball bat skills, some contact skills. 
He can play defense. He's just got to stay healthy and he's got to hit for a little more pop and just hit a little bit more overall. And um, and I think he could kind of regain his spot as one of the better players in the Braves system, which obviously is not saying much at this point. But still, you know, we've had we've seen some surprise guys come up the last few years. Nobody thought Spencer Strider was going to be what he was. Nobody thought Von Grissom was going to be as ready as early as he was. And so, I, you know, if, if you told me right now that Braden Shoemake ended up having a, a much better year than people think, it really wouldn't surprise me. So that's another guy I'm hoping gets some early playing time in camp and and maybe can start to progress his career forward a little bit i wouldn't be surprised if we see him a lot and i mean in a lot of ways he's he's kind of like luke waddell uh just a more advanced version of him you know just a year or two yeah. in the system a little earlier so yeah it's a good one too at some point he may figure into the the bench uh bench situation especially if um if adrianza and uh, uh does don't make the team out of spring then there's a, an injury during the during the season, you know. You could see the situation where Shoemaker's probably the the next guy up if they have to bring somebody out of the minors. Yep, and I already being on the forty man obviously helps because they don't have to obviously make an a, an accompanying move to to call you up. So yeah, if you know if Grissom doesn't have a great spring and they want him in AAA, and you know the other guys and the other infield guys don't have a great spring and, and Shoemaker you know shows out, then he's got a chance to really kind of cement himself either as that last bench spot if those other guys don't play well or at least as the guy that gets called up first sign of an injury on the infield and so and you know it could go the other way too obviously he could continue not to hit and and get hurt again and and kind of go the other way but you know these are prospects that's what happens but he does have some skill he has some contact skills that are particularly interesting you know if you can make contact then you're You've already won a lot of the battle. You know, we'll see. We'll see what he does. I, I do have some hope still, but, you know, he's got a long way to go. Rosters for the World Baseball Classic were announced just a little while ago. We're recording this on Thursday night, and um, MLB Network, and, I mean, these these things were hard to come by. Um, you know, we've been wondering all all off season, really. I mean, there's been talk at various uh, stages about what were we going to do. I think the biggest name from a Brave standpoint, Ronald Acuna told us at Braves Fest that he wasn't playing, that it was a kind of a mutual decision. And then Wednesday night, the announcement hit Twitter that uh, Cunha was going to suit up for Venezuela. Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Justin Toscano confirmed the report. Looks like uh, Cunha's going to get to play. Yeah, I think that's pretty exciting. I know there's going to be some people out there that are like, you know, he shouldn't be doing this. But, you know, the way from what Toscano uh, reported, the Braves weren't going to have any restrictions on him. You know, Cunha played a handful of games in Venezuela during the Winter League this year hasn't had any of the knee issues. Uh, I think it's good. I mean, from that standpoint, you know, it always makes you a little bit nervous, just a little bit nervous. I think that's that's the case with any time a key players playing in the World's Baseball Classic. But I think it's all important to remember that the WBC is an MLB sponsored event. The MLB wants their biggest name players there. So you know, I think also think. Probably was going to be difficult for the Braves to keep Acuna from playing if he really wanted to. But, you know, it'll be exciting. Uh, Venezuela will be playing in Miami, I believe. I believe that's correct. I don't have the bracket in front of me. So, um, you know, that's pretty good. But what do you think about finding out Acuna was going to be playing after all? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, honestly, there's really no extra injury risk in playing in the WC, WBC versus playing in spring training games. It's, it's all baseball. So, you know, like you said, if they're not going to have any restrictions on him, then playing for Venezuela is 
is not going to be inherently more risky than playing for the Braves in, in spring training. So I don't, I, I, w- I wasn't really that upset about it or I, I'm not a huge WBC guy anyways. So I, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I haven't been following this a ton and the WBC is kind of some, it's just something that happens before real baseball starts. It's, it's, I, I kind of group it with spring training. It's better than spring training. Cause there's more, there's obviously more energy and passion about it than spring training games. But you know, if it's, if it's only a couple of steps above spring training to me, just because again, it's kind of the thing that happens before the real baseball starts. And so, you know, it's, it's always going to have a cap in terms of how interested I am in it, but it's obviously great for the event that Acuna is playing. He's one of the biggest stars in the game. He's, you know, he's obviously a very, you know, he, he, he brings the headlines, I guess is the the easiest way to say it. Uh, he, you know, he, he definitely, people watch because of him. And so, and like you said, baseball wants their stars to play. I'm sure they've probably talked to their teams about being as open-minded as possible about letting, you know, their players play. I think it's a lot easier to let your position players play just because they're going to need the reps no matter what, so they might as well get in the WBC versus live pitching. I think when you're talking about pitchers, it's a lot more, it's a lot different because now you're allowing somebody else to manage when your pitcher gets up or how many pitches he throws and stuff like that, and I can see teams being pretty hesitant about that stuff. Mike Soroka wanted to pitch, you know, for Team Canada, I guess, you know, that I think that would have been a little different, and who knows, he might have wanted to, and the Braves just said no. I would, if I was running a team, I don't think I would let any of my pitchers pitch, but you know, that's just me. And obviously there's a lot of MLB pitchers who are playing in this event. So, you know, good for them. Uh, again, I, I, I'm, I'll watch the WBC. I'm, I'm not, I don't really freak out about it. I, I don't, I can kind of take it or leave it, but you know, for, for position players specifically, there's really no, there's not any more inherent risk of playing in these games versus playing in spring training games. So yeah, go for it. Have, you know, knock yourself out. I do think that uh, Soroka and Ozzy Albies would have probably liked to play. Albies talked a little bit about it. He knew – I think he understood coming off the injuries he had last year that it probably wasn't going to happen. I'm, I'm sure Soroka did as well. Another guy that's going to play, the other big headliner, is going to be Eddie Rosario, Puerto Rico. I mean, 2022 was lost season for Rosario. He could – you know, I mean, here's the thing. Everybody's kind of down on him now, and I think I've been as guilty as anybody because, you know, he was pretty terrible uh, last season, even after he came back. But at the same time, if he just has a normal Eddie Rosario season in left field, then a lot of the question marks about that position will go away. Uh, you know, and, and he's got incentive too. I mean, uh, his contract, he's basically in the last year. I think there's a club option still on it. How crazy would it be for Rosario to have a big season and the Braves end up picking up that option after, after last season, after the season he had last year, you know, but I think, you know, I think if he puts together a 25 home run season, I think it's in play, he, you know, if he's, if he's as impactful as, as he has been in, at times in his career, but you know, it might not be the worst thing to see him getting some competitive at bats in this environment, you know, early on. And, uh, you know, in a lot of these teams, I can't remember what pool Puerto Rico's in, but you know, some of these guys are going to be seeing frontline pitchers you know and from a lot of cases in a lot of cases so I think it'd be interesting to see what he's got yeah I'm all about Eddie playing because as many live at bats as you can get him against major league pitching or even you know maybe even triple a pitching in some instances but you know the more the better he needs live at bats he needs reps you know not unlike Acuna honestly I mean I 
another reason I really wasn't that upset with Acuna playing is just get live at bats. I mean, you know, in spring training, there's a lot of games where you're facing whoever the other team is just trying to get through the game with, you know, in, in this WBC, you're going to be facing guys who are throwing their best stuff. They're trying to get outs. They're not just working on stuff or whatever. I mean, it's, it's definitely a more competitive environment. And so that's, I think that's just going to help the the hitters. I, I think it's good for Eddie. I think it's good for Ronnie. Obviously you hope they stay healthy, but you know, injury is just injury risk is just part of it. Even if they were in spring training, it's the same. So yeah, I, I'm happy Eddie's playing. Uh, I, I wish, uh, you know, I really wouldn't be upset if, if more of the Braves position players were pl- playing, obviously those are the only two main ones, but for position players, I think it does help. I think getting live competitive at bats this early, whereas in spring training, you're kind of letting pitchers ramp up a little bit and guys are on the mound kind of working on stuff. They're not really throwing you their best stuff. You don't know what any one guy is going to do on any given day. I, I think it is better for the position players to go ahead and get that those competitive at bats, you know, in the WBC. So I'm all for it. I, I, I love the fact that Eddie's playing. I, I have no problem with Ronnie playing. I would be fine if any of the other position players wanted to play. So uh, I think it's good for them. Again, I think it's crazy risky for pitchers. Either, you know, I, there's no chance I would let my ace pitch in this if he wanted to, unless MLB just told me I had to. But for position players, yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's probably actually a benefit to them. Alan Rangel, uh, who was on a 40-man roster last year, he was non-tendered and re-signed a minor league deal. He's going to pitch for Mexico. He'll be in camp on a, uh, as a non-roster guy too. Chadwick Trump, he's on the 40-man roster as a catcher. He's going to play for the Netherlands. Uh, obviously, ex-Braves, Freddie Freeman's going to play for Canada. That'll be fun. Oh, really? I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, Freeman. Freeman's playing for Canada. Jock Peterson's playing for Israel, and there was a pretty good uh, segment from him on the on on the announcement show tonight. That was, you know, Jock's always fun. Uh, but listen, I've got a, I've got a list of guys near that I need to read to you, and I want you to tell me what year it is because when I was seeing these names, I was having to do I did kind of a double take. But uh, for the Netherlands, Andrelton Simmons and Jair Jurgens are gonna both gonna be playing. Yeah, and then uh, for Panama. Christian Bethan, Bethancourt and Randall Delgado, and I think uh, not as not as far back as them, but uh, former prospect uh, minor league outfielder Ray Patrick Ditter is also going to be playing for the Netherlands. Man, that was a flash in the past. I had to look Jurgens up because he's he's thirty seven right now. Uh, it seems like he would be older than that, but he, he's he's thirty seven. I think he last played in the majors in two thousand fourteen. Obviously, there's some. You carry extra pitchers, so I think there is a chance that maybe Jurgens doesn't pitch, but I hope he does. I hope we. I'd love to see him. And then you know, Randall Delgado, of course, was a logged a, a good number of innings for the Braves, and I think later went on to the Diamondbacks. But yeah, I mean, just just some wild names there. Jair Jurgens and Angelton Simmons. My God, the this was 2013. The Netherlands would be a dangerous squad. I mean, that that that's we're talking. 10 years that was 10 years ago that Jair Jurgens was basically a you know a household name for Braves fans and you know that was Angelton's kind of coming out party in 2013 so it's it's crazy how how fast time flies but yeah that was the, those were wild names I didn't realize Freddie was playing that's actually pretty cool that, that uh, that'll give me a reason to watch some team Canada games um but uh yeah I you know um uh, I do think again I do think major league hitters enjoy it because it is it is live competitive at bats, you know. I remember Chipper saying all these years when he was still with the team that, 
you know, the last few weeks of spring training were really more for the pitchers than the hitters, that the hitters could get ready pretty quick. And so I, I think spring training kind of drags on for hitters more than anybody. And so being able to break it up with with this event where they get to really see some live pitching and get some real game action, I'm sure they love it. And so, I, you know, I, I was not surprised at all to see a number of big, big-time players, position players, uh, playing in this. I, I'm sure they're looking forward to it. So, yeah, it'll be fun. It's definitely better than spring training, uh, but it's still – the thing that happens before the real baseball starts. So, you know, uh, I, I do have a kind of a tempered uh, attitude towards it, but it'll be fun. Uh, I'll definitely watch. Yeah. If you're wondering, um, uh, this basically takes place in March. Uh, pool play starts on March 8th. They're kind of staggered for, uh, there's four pools there. There's kind of staggered starts and they continue through March 15th. Semifinals and championship will take place on March 20th and 21st. So, you know, a, a pretty large, uh, time commitment here. Uh, obviously when as until Rosario or Acuna are eliminated, if they keep playing, they could, they could spend a lot of, uh, a lot of time, you know, with their, uh, WBC team, you know, that's opportunities for guys like Pilar, uh, Sierra, uh, Justin Dean, you know, some of these other guys to see time in the outfield, Jordan Luplo, of course, uh, Sam Hilliard, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a world baseball classic, uh, but it'll be fun. We'll have stuff on the site for it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to it just because right now I'll take any kind of baseball I can get. Yep. It's kind of cool. Actually. I, I just looked this up cause I was wondering myself, but the pool play is all over the world. It's not just, you know, like the World Cup is obviously in one country or one region, but pool play, like there's one pool that's playing in Japan, one pool that's playing in the United States. So, you know, they have it all over the world, which is really cool. And um, there's a bunch of countries that are involved. So, yeah, it'll be fun. I I agree with you. I, I do think an underrated part of it is the the other side of it is with these major league players out of camp, who are the guys that get to, you know, get at bats and in innings that otherwise wouldn't um, if these guys were in camp. And obviously with the Braves specifically, it's going to be more outfielders since Acuna and Rosario are both going to be out. So yeah, good for Sam Hilliard and Luplo and Kevin Pillar and, and all those guys who they're going to get a chance to make a, an impression that they maybe otherwise wouldn't have if it wasn't a WBC year. So that's a good point. I think that is something to watch. Well, I, th- I think that's going to bring us to an end. Uh, is there anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, no, we're so close, man. We are so close. Pitchers and catchers report next week. And we are, and then once that happens, man, it's just off to the races. So, yeah, I'm just so ready for baseball. I, I'm, I love college basketball. I'm a big college basketball fan. But, you know, this time of year, I'm just so itching for, for spring training and, and baseball to start. Well, I think that's going to wrap us up. Again, we'll be back. Uh, we'll be back. Get on a regular schedule here. Uh, usually usually drop on uh either thursday or friday but you know give us a let us know uh what you want to hear what you want to see from us we're you know gearing up for the season site's going to be uh covered up so um you know just stick with us and uh we'll see you guys next time what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape this is scott galloway host of the prop g podcast and an entrepreneur myself Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.